1: Hello and welcome to of Cobblers, Northampton Town fanzine, reborn in podcast form. Today I'm joined by a centre midfielder for Northampton in the late 80s and early 90s who ran to a good career with Wiccan Wanderers. It's Steve Brown. Hey Steve. Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, mate. And it's good to... We've been speaking to Cobblers players from various vintages and um, it's good to speak to someone from, you know, late 80s, early 90s, probably not the most easiest times at the club, but... Um, some good times had and um, you were an integral part of the team at that point. Um, do you remember those days fondly? Yeah, it was, it, it,
2: I, I do. I, I remember going to Northampton as a, as a uh, trialist. It was a trial that they'd advertised at the very first year where football came into, into the YTS. And I, was a, I was a student at Nen College at the time and my mate Clifford McCoy um, said he was going on trial at the Cobblers. He said, are you coming? Yeah. I went, I went, no, no. I said, I don't know anything about it. He says, no, you should come, you should come. So anyway, I went to these trials um, and did quite well. I remember Clive Walker being the, the coach who took the trials, and I got asked to come back. and In the end, got offered a scholarship, and it was um, start of a uh, um, an interesting road from 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 uh, a young boy into growing into a man. Um, and it was it was a real eye opener to me about what professional football and football looked like, and what it felt like, what it smelled like.
1: Yeah, right. exactly, and uh, it's a career. You, you know, you went on to have a fantastic career, especially with um, Wickham, and you know did had some FA Cup uh, exploits. But just yeah, just to start off with, we'll talk about those early days at Cobblers. Um, you were you were there in the were you there in your first period in the early eighties, eighty three to eighty five, so quite early on. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Um, and so you had your Northampton lad. Uh, you're whereabouts in Northampton? Are you from again.
2: Abington, I was where, where the ground is, where the old ground is. I was born, you know, within stone throws of there and lived within the stone throw of there. Oh, so really? it was something I always remember being in the garden in the winter as a young kid on a Tuesday night when they had a night game and you could see the floodlights. you know, I yeah, I lived under the floodlights effectively. So yeah, I was never far away from it.
1: All oh, right I I didn't realize that yeah obviously a uh, North, Northampton lad and um you were you uh, were you like super keen on football is it just something you did as a as a lad Oh well yeah it's 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 funny it's the funny thing about that is
2: you've asked that question is a lot of people like now people you know a lot of school reunions and people you meet on facebook and that they tell me what I was like as a kid how much I loved football and I did love football I knew I loved it and I yeah. knew if I ever got a chance to, to play at any level I was going to opportunity but even from a young age even at lower school where the only school team was the fourth year the oldest kids in the primary school yeah um, i was two years younger than that and i remember the school teacher taking me along as a sub and giving me minutes here and there so i was playing like two or three years above my age group yeah so i knew i was half decent and when i used to play with the, the boys in the playground who were my sister's age she was three years older than me i was comfortable in those games so i always knew that i at a level that I could play with whatever was whoever against or with everyone who whatever age they were that were playing. I remember yeah. many years ago at the race course the you know, the West Indian community, the Caribbean community used to congregate there and it used to be kids from eight or nine, you know, right up to men of 18, 19, 20. and it was a full on game that you should probably just go on for two hours, you know, twenty yeah. aside or something like that. But you know, also, those experiences, wasn't, that case, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, but those experiences they, they shape you. You don't, kids don't get those experiences now. But for me, there was it was a you had to learn fast and learn how to look after yourself because the tackle would yeah. be fierce, whatever age you were. So there was, there was lots a lots of things. Yeah, uh,
1: grounding. I, I grew up on the East End and we used to do the same thing just to play twenty a side right into, into the dark. It used to get dark and we'd still be yeah, flat trying to kick absolutely. the ball. Absolutely, couldn't see it properly, but uh, it's a great grounding. And you so you you went for a trial. In the sort of early to mid mid eight, mid eighties, uh, you you obviously successful. You got into the, the club.
2: Yeah, no. got in, and there was a, the, the great. This you know, I will keep talking. I just mentioned about that that learning curve. The, that was the biggest learning curve. So when we got when I got offered the YTS or what was it at the time YOPS Youth Opportunities, yeah, um, which is now a scholarship. Um, what what was what stood out for me was there was four offered. Neil Bruff was already a scholar. I got offered one. Shane Geary was already there. John Arundel and me and Aidy Mann. So there was five of us. Yep. I think John left John left uh, before the end of his apprenticeship. But then three out of the four of us made our debuts in the first year. Neil Brufford made his because he was already there as an existing scholar. Aidy yep. Mann made his by very early, by the Christmas or just after Christmas. And then yep. I followed I followed AD into the team. And it was just it, the the toughest thing was when preseason started and people talk about preseason now but when it was back then it was absolutely brutal i remember we had to do first day six laps of Abington park in a certain time and coming out of school or college as a as a, well, as a 17 year old it was i'd never done that level of training i've never run that far in my life
1: yeah but
2: having to do that on day 1 in a professional program as a 17 year old it was a massive culture shock to the body. pre season was
1: thrown into the the deep end. Um, I'm not sure. Did we even have a training ground in those days? They used to do a lot of stuff at Amington Park and places. Well, like we that.
2: used to train at Amington Park and down at um, Owens.
1: Yeah, at the time.
2: But who was the manager
1: it, in those days? It was Clive.
2: It was Clive Walker the first year, and then yeah. Tony Barton came in. Tony yeah. was a great coach, but then he had a heart attack, and that was in for a while, wasn't it? Richie yeah, Norman he won the European Clive. Cup
1: with uh, Villa, I think. Yeah, That's right. You know, was it the previous year or a couple of years before, something like that? Big name, um, and then so you know that was an early period in your in your career, and then you know there seemed to be a bit of a you know a bit of a breakup with the cobbler's. You seem you know you, you talked to them previously about you know you are maybe not so much in love with the game so much. Can you perhaps talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I
2: mean you know the first the thing is right. Get that scholarship was huge, and then yeah. I made my debut at the end of the last game of the season at Mansfield came in as a sub. And then the following season, in my second year as a scholar, I ended up playing 13 games, scoring four goals or something like that towards the end of the season, which was fantastic. And yeah. then uh, there was a change of manager then, and Graham came in. And Graham yeah. um, had done really well and was a successful manager with non-league and came into the league. Um, you know, we had a big youth team at the time. I think there was about 18 of us. But yeah. he quickly... Um, dished, um, dismantled that and players went out the door and then I think I must have played one or two games under Graham if that but you know it was pretty clear I wasn't in his plans he made that known um, and I was injured and I came back I was I couldn't train I had to go and see the doctor and the doc said no you're not allowed to train and uh, Graham accused me of throwing one in and I just thought that was the biggest disrespect he didn't really know me as a person I just thought you know what I don't I'm a bit I'm better than that I don't need anyone's speaks to me like that in the way he spoke to me at the time. I just went up and I remember going to see Dave Bowen, who was the secretary at the time. I said, Dave, I've had enough. He says, what do you mean? I said, I want to quit. I said, "Just, I just want to just uh, rip my contract up and just let me go sort of thing. It was my first professional contract that was as well. <laughs> and yeah. He did. He, he did. He let me go and I left Northampton uh, 19 and I never kicked the ball for a year. I hated the game. Oh. didn't want anything to do. it. Hate the game. And then a few people from non-league phoned me up, uh, asked me to come and play. I was like, nah, I wasn't, wasn't remotely interested. And at the time, I I was, I was partnering around, doing very little. And then I think Dick Underwood offered me a, a job, phoned me up and offered me a job and said, would I come and play for his team? Uh, he offered me some work and then said, look, I run a Sunday side, do you want to come and play? And I thought... Mm, not, not really sure, not really sure. But anyway, it turns out that I started working for Dick, and then, you know, I wasn't really interested in football. But then he said, Come on, come, come and have a game or whatever. And I went there, played a couple of games. It was a massive eye, because I hadn't played for a year. And then another friend who I wo- worked with said, Why don't you come and play with Glen Eagles? So I thought, Well, oh, I might as well. It's, it's, it's a laugh, gets me out of the house on Saturday, don't do anything else. Went and yeah. played for the Eagles and playing for next night on a Sunday. And I really, I mean, appet- playing in a fun environment with my mates and doing that, the appetite came back. And before I knew yeah. it, I was going from club to club to club, but going higher up as, as we went. And then I remember being, I was doing a job. I was working for Dick. I remember it like it was yesterday. I came down the A41 um, and I had a delivery at Marks and & Spencer's. And just as I pulled into the back of Marks & Spencer's, um, the phone rang. And it was Graham asking me if I wanted to come and give it another go at Northampton. Right. And How I did think, you feel
1: at that moment after, you know, you'd been, you'd felt it was slightly disrespected in the not I, did, I,
2: didn't, I didn't jump at it. I didn't jump at it. I, um, yeah. I said, I'll think about it. But but I knew that that sort of came, that, that offer came after my performance in the FA Sunday Cup for next day, where we got to the final at St James Park and won it. And Bobby Robson was the... Host, right and right. I think my performance. He said to Dick, "I can't believe a lad like this is playing at this level. He should be play. He's good enough to play professional football." Yeah, that was from Bobby Robson. And then obviously, I think Dick was involved at the Cubs as a director or something. There must have been conversations and all that. And Yeah, yeah, and I ended up. And I think, I think Graham, I think, I think it was suggested that he needs to do that because it's a player they could get for nothing. And so he found, I thought about it, and I went back. But then, as soon as I came, as soon as I came back, first day of pre-season, having not done a pre-season for three years, despite yeah. still knowing what that pre-season was like, and yeah. Graham's were quite brutal pre-seasons. Um, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't um, easy going back in there. And then, you know, as soon as I was back in there, he was on me again. He was on me like he was the first time. And I just thought, I'm bigger than you, and you ain't. Gonna, I've been out there in the big wide world, and actually, I'm back here because I'm good enough. And you ain't gonna. Yeah. He was never gonna break me then. I knew he was never gonna break me.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, great Graham Carr. Uh, respect to him. Obviously, did some brilliant stuff at the Cobblers It didn't. Yeah, great man. Did not last I still, forever? But that's no, pretty. but you know, great. You know that
2: that's that was back then. You know, I still see Graham now. He invites the cobblers, We get on, lock an house on fire. I will see him at yeah. games. But that was how we, that happened in the past. That was all part of a different era. If you know, if you
1: know what I mean. But exactly. but yeah, were you part of that team that uh, won? No, or? no in no. the FA Cup against Coventry
2: oh yes I was yeah yeah I was yeah so I did play in that game yeah I did
1: we beat Coventry 1-0 I think it was about He mm. probably the year of the World Cup Italian 19 um, do you know the worst thing about that what was that the next yeah. round
2: we went to right yeah. and
1: got stuffed
2: 3-0 or 3-1 yeah. whatever it was yeah that was annoying
1: but the uh, the Coventry side weren't too bad. I think it had the great Cyril oh, yeah
2: game. Cyril played it, David Speedy
1: um, yeah
2: what's his name the, the little midfielder
1: uh, oh. people like uh drinkle
2: brian, brian. burrows keb drinkle yeah all yeah. those guys um steve there's actually
1: a guy called uh downs who played for them and, uh, yeah greg actually, downs he was a manager of that game i'm going to get to later on i think he played in it when hereford came and turned into some sort of cycle. Oh,
2: fast! Uh, that was
1: sent no, it was yeah. like, <laughs> those off but, um it was so a fast. Of leaves, and then uh theo foley who's uh a big, you know, big name at Cobblers played for Cobblers in the sixties, and actually was the right-hand man for um, uh, Arsenal right, when they won the league. Yeah, man. it was with, he t- with yeah, with uh, George, George Graham. Graham. Yeah. He came in. What, what, what was what was your relationship like with him?
2: He was a breath of fresh air. Yeah, there was a breath of fresh air, and having you know worked alongside George with the youngsters at Arsenal because they won that with a very young side. Um, he he had a lot of uh, belief in youngsters. And he yeah. brought me and Dave Johnson that we ended up both playing lots of games um, under Theo, which was uh, which was really good. He was. He was a great, great manager.
0: Really yeah, enjoyed yeah. I, the
2: side he had, though, we should we should have achieved more. Should have gone up with that team.
1: Yeah, I looked at the uh, league table and um, I think uh, you finish 10th in around 1991. Uh, we had a good start, the though.
2: The we started really well. And we yeah, fell away. You,
1: yeah, so you you didn't you went in too badly, and then and then unfortunately you know uh, events preceded him, and a l- lot of the financial stuff was ticking over underneath the, yeah. the surface. Um, I think in about early April '91, a new chairman came in called Michael McRitchie. I don't know if you had much contact. Oh, with Oh god,
2: Michael McRitchie, the first. Oh, that was yeah. embarrassing. That was probably one of the lowest points in the club's history. That this yeah he came in under a, and sailed in on a. On a white horse, like he was a saviour, and actually, it was just a front. One, he didn't have any money or anything.
1: It didn't. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't uh, sort of end end up well. Um, the PFA were called in. Um, you know, the, did you ever stop getting paid yourself at that point? Um, yeah, I think we did. I think you know, after it
2: was, it was embarrassing because after every home game, people used to go up there to try and get their money in cash because obviously the gate receipts and the gate money. It Was it was just? I look back on that, and they're not memorable times, they're not things you know. You've just brought it to the forefront of your mind. I've never ever thought about it before now. You've just brought it to the forefront of your mind, but no, Probably they weren't great played. times.
1: Do you remember? Uh, I was looking at that side that you had in those days, and like you said, you around those days you should have done a little bit better with the talent you had. Um, yeah. it was picked up when it when when the all the financial stuff happened, uh, people like Bobby Barnes and uh, yeah. Tony Hancock sold, but you had people like um. Uh, Barry Richardson, who was, uh, you know, a bit of a character in goal. Um, yeah,
2: Steve Terry. Yeah, Mickey Bell. I always Mickey Bell.
1: A yeah. Did he play for Wickham as well? He did.
2: Yeah, he followed me to Wickham. Yeah, he did. Yeah.
1: Very good uh, winger. Um, and then Phil Chard was one of the um, decent players. He went on to be the player manager, didn't he? He was a yeah Steady player. Uh, Terry Angus, who had a very good career with. Yeah, he went uh, on to
2: Fulham. Fulham. Yeah, he did. Yeah.
1: So you, and uh, yeah, obviously Trevor Crowe, people like that. You had mm. some, you some talent in there, and it just feels like maybe if the financial things didn't happen, maybe Foley, Foley would have done alright. sorry for him. you. Got the yeah, yeah, he
2: did, yeah, yeah, I agree. And that's what happens though. You, listen, whatever you say in, at any football club, when clubs go to the wall, it's never because of what happens on the pitch. It's normally what happens in the boardroom.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know,
2: financial mismanagement—they always want to overspend. They don't budget right, and do you know what I mean? And that's where it all starts. If it's not right in that boardroom, the finances—it's um, that's where it comes home to roost and in, in the team on the pitch, really.
1: Yeah, how, how? I don't know if you remember how you were feeling at that point, because obviously you had a bit of a period where you fell out of love with the game. You come back in. Things were tough under Graham Carter to an extent. Then Theo Foley comes in and then the the financial thing happened. You must have thought, hang on a second, I'm not doing that. I'm not very lucky in this respect.
2: Yeah, but I'd never... I think when the financial thing came in, it was a bit of an eye-opener because it was like all the players, the whole playing squad, was in one dressing room. And if your name got called out, you've got to go through that door into the other dressing room. So the names got called out. I think I must have been the fourth name that got called out. Then I started to look at the types of people who were in that dressing room and it was all the youngsters and myself. Yeah. And I just thought, these are the ones who ain't going anywhere. This is, this is the, the ones that have been saved. And when I look yeah. at the ones who, who, who got cut, you know, the, the older ones, the higher earners, the the injured, they were the ones that got, that got cut. And it was just the youngsters and, and myself and a few others. Um I don't know, I think I was quite young then anyway. But it was yeah. um but I also saw that as an opportunity that the club's in a situation we must be seen as the assets or the potential assets. Yeah. So, you know, the situation the club was in at some point maybe if I was lucky I might get sold somewhere. Not that I wanted to leave, but if it was some, if it was gonna be money that helped the football club survive, yeah, then so be it. Yeah, I
1: understand that. Um the cobblers in uh, that sort of 91-92 season finished up about 16th just about just about stayed up and then 92-93 was always going to be a difficult one um, uh, Phil Ch- I think Fairly had gone by then because of the financial problems um, Phil Chard took over as well. manager how did you get on with Phil Chad? got on alright I was a bit of a character
2: um, listen uh, at times we sort of didn't see eye to eye um so much so that year. That was the year. That was the year, year we finished the Shrewsbury, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: So that year, I had a good season. I'd scored. I scored what? Four, 13 goals from midfield. Yeah. Um, and I was suspended. Was I? I think I was suspended for the Shrewsbury game. Yeah, not And I well. sort of turned up to train, and he didn't think I was training properly, and he sent me home. So the week leading up to um, up to the Shrewsbury game, on the Monday he sent me home, and I wasn't well. I was banned from the club. I was banned from the club. wasn't invited to the to go to Shrewsbury or anything. So yeah. me and a friend on the Saturday, he told me he was going. Phoned me up and says, "Do you want to come?" I went, "Yeah, too right." I've I've contributed to this season, so I'm going to go. And I got there, um, went in watched the game and then went in the dressing room after the game, but it was a fantastic atmosphere.
1: Yeah, it was um, that season. Uh, I've seen a video online of you scored. Uh, Cobblers managed to beat uh, Fulham in the FA Cup that season, I think. Have you scored. Yeah, that? I
2: scored that one. Yeah, yeah I did score in that game.
1: That was a good. That was a good game. And there was that one I was telling you about where um, Hereford came to town. And um, was that the first home game on a Sunday? It was wasn't it? Yeah, first time game yeah. of the season. It was, it was on a Sunday, because um, yeah. I think Northampton Cricket had been in the final. That's right. before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm watching the video back, and poor Kevin Wilkins getting absolutely nailed by every 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 player. And I don't know what they were doing that day, but there were some horrendous tackles going in. And you there
2: was, yeah.
1: Um, do you remember that game?
2: Yeah, and they equalised late on, didn't they?
1: They had, they had four players sent off, it was a record, and we, we only drew. They <laughs> yeah, drew one each. Yeah, it was one of those games. But uh, yeah, so that season went to Shrewsbury last game of the season. You said you know were you suspended for the Shrewsbury game or? Yeah, you?
2: I was. Yeah, I was suspended. I topped up um, uh, an amount of bookings that uh, that's why I, I think I was suspended in the end. Which that seemed to be a trend that followed me around um, for some time. Um, yeah, I was definitely suspended.
1: Yeah, your last season, uh, three ninety four. I think that was the season we finished bottom of the league. I'm correct. Do you remember? Do you remember that season? Was that when we finished bottom against Chesterfield? No, I think I'd gone then. Had you gone by that point? I'd left by then. Yeah, I left in the February. February '94, I'd left. Ah, uh, okay. And like, how did your um move to Wickham come about? Like, I think Martin O'Neill was a manager, was he?
2: Yeah, I think mine had been tracking me for um some time because the previous season, the previous season, David Scope had gone on loan to. Wickham yeah. and he said Martin kept asking about me asking about me and I think when he spoke to different people at the club no one would sort of give him a price or w- would let me go because at the time they was in the conference um, so Scopey went there on a year's loan to get experience at Wickham and, and but he said Martin was always and then they got promoted that year and then I think Martin renewed his interest in me and I remember John Barnwell calling me in and said, we've had three offers for you. One was from Crewe, Dario Gradi at the time. One was from yep. Birmingham City, Barry Fry yep. at the time, yep. and uh, Wickham. So subsequently, it turns out that uh, I think Wickham had put the money on the table, and I was allowed to go and speak to them, and I signed. But then little did I know that uh, Northampton had asked for twice the amount from Birmingham
1: really
2: yeah and that's why i didn't get permission to go and speak to birmingham but i was happy to go to um, wickham because i mean martin was a boyhood hero of mine being a nottingham forest fan so
1: yeah um, and uh, i think cobblers had played um wickham a couple of times in that period we had we,
2: because, did we draw at home we drew
1: one yeah because they were they were like what you you know they were what you call a bit of like a sort of like an up and coming
2: yeah they uh, were flying real
1: non league side with a bit of yeah. style about him yeah, and, and um, they, so your name had your name had obviously been talked a bit at Wickham and stuff, and um, you went you went to Wickham and um, you had some brilliant times at Cobblers, but you know let's face it, you 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 had more success in footballing wise, and your your career uh, flourished a bit more. Wickham, what were your what were your highlights at Wickham? Would you say obviously the FA Cup? one? Was well, actually- when
2: I when Martin bought me um, from in the February. Wickham were in the automatics and it wasn't until I think the last game away at Chester or was it crew where they got beat three two or we drew two each, which meant sub which put us down into the um, playoffs. But yeah, yeah, you know, I know Wickham Wickham have got a, you know, years of history of being at Wembley, going to Wembley for, for so many times in, in in the in Martin's tenure, it was just sure. inevitable that they were going to get there in the playoff final again. And it was funny because when I was at Northampton, I'd booked a holiday to Turkey with my girlfriend at the time, not knowing I was going to be sold in the in the in the February. And subsequently we ended up in the playoff, so I couldn't go on the holiday. Yeah. So um, she went off with she went with a friend and I I was uh, I was there at Wembley when we when we beat Preston to in the playoff final, didn't get on in the game, I was sub in the game, didn't get on. But it was just Wembley it was just a different level, different experience, just everything. You know, something as a kid you dream about, you know, and I'm not talking about the new Wembley. I'm talking about the old Wembley with the twin towers, yeah. the history, the big bars, the dressing room, everything, everything yeah. about it. And just the pitch was just unreal. It was just it was a fantastic experience.
1: Yeah. Fantastic and experience. Um, and uh, I've, I was looking at your, your stats and you you left Cobblers about 94 and you, you went on for, I don't know what age you retired at, but you went on for uh, a, a long time at Wickham. You had like a good 10 year stretch there. Yeah, I had, I
2: had, I had 10 years. That's right. I had 10 years. And then I finished at the, at the end of my 10th season. So I was almost 38.
1: Yeah, what a, you know, what yeah. a brilliant career. And I, I was just reading, doing a little bit of reading. And that, the one that always comes up, and you probably asked a lot about it in Wickham circles, is the uh, FA Cup run. Um, where you managed to get to the semi-finals the FA, FA Cup?
2: Yeah, it was. It was a fantastic achievement. And, and that's a testament to um, the players. And I, yeah. I'll, I'll include Sanch, the manager, in that. But the players, the group of players we had were, you know, the average age was 27, 28. So we'd all been around the block. It was coming to the probably in the peak of our career or just just past it. Yeah. But, you know, the decision-making, the togetherness, the unity... The fight, then, then the never say die attitude. The belief was just unreal. Yeah, I
1: you remember, beat you know, was, uh, Wolves in the fourth round, Wimbledon in the fifth round, and this is for for Wickham, or you know any club of that side, is getting this is getting a, even a, an achievement getting that far. You managed, you beat you beat uh, Leicester like Cobblers, you know, a bit of a local rival. Yeah, two weeks before they beat
2: Liverpool, had not they? Three one or something at Liverpool, Leicester. Had. So you know they were they were full of confidence.
1: So what was it that? Um, uh, allowed Wickham to go toe to toe with these sort of, you know, these sort of clubs. Leicester in those days were Just,
2: good. Well, the thing about it was that what people forget about, you look at Leicester. So Martin only had gone to Leicester and had he left then, or had he? Yeah, or, yeah he'd been there and um, left. And knowing Martin, and Martin's very resourceful when it comes to um, building football clubs. You know, he built a lot of a lot of the players he took to um, Leicester when he got the job were players who had played well against his Wickham side from the lower leagues, who he felt he could get more out of them. So he got Muzzy, is it, from Chelsea reserves, Neil Lennon from Crew, Matty Elliott from uh, Oxford. Yeah. Um, you know, there was just a dearth of players that had played lower leagues. So the mentality was, we know they've played at the league, we've played at drag them down to that level
1: all right yeah, go
2: and get on top of them be aggressive yeah. get in their faces press 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 see how they cope with it and that was it and they never did really come to terms with it we we stayed in the game and we scored first i, I should have scored just well so i should keep it made a good save for me just for half time at nil nil but yeah we had enough chances should have been given a penalty as well the linesman didn't give it referee didn't give it handball, blatant handball, that's why the manager ended up getting sent off. But it was just so clear, so, so clear. But there was enough opportunities for us to win that game comfortably. But we took the 2-1 win in the end. And it was a fantastic day out. Didn't you remember got sent a lot
1: off during the celebration, is
2: that right? Yeah, got, got sent off for taking my shirt off. That was the year with the rule of, um, what was it? The rule of, cards, I
1: think, I yeah, know.
2: yeah, two yellow cards and uh, you're gone.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think there was a little campaign from the Wickham fans to try and sort of rescue you, but... I'm, I'm yeah, there
2: was, there, there was no rescuing me then. I needed the rest, and it was really weird, because actually, one thing people... I was, as I was getting on, I was probably one of the... I think I was 30... What have I have been there? I'd have been about 30... 2000... I'd have been 30... 34. I'd be coming up to me 34, something like that. Yeah, sounds about right. 33, 34, and... When you played against the Premier League sides, right? So your who would it have been then? It would have been Wimbledon. Wolves were Championship side then, unless that, right? They play at such a higher intensity. Yeah. Week in, week out, the Premier League is at a higher intensity than the Football League or the Championship, let alone League One, which we were at the time. Yeah. Right. So after those games, playing at that intensity after those games. I couldn't if we had a game on the Tuesday, I was immediately ruled out. Yeah. Because I, I the next day after those games, I could hardly walk just absolute DOMS where I'd worked my legs at an intensity in the game for night minutes that I hadn't done before. Yeah. So so Sanch would never play me if we played on the Saturday in a cup game, I was never playing the Tuesday if there was a night game, which there generally was because we were a long way into the cup and falling behind on games. So I would not play probably that I wouldn't play that game on the Tuesday yeah. and I probably wouldn't play the Saturday the best I could hope for to be on the bench just to give the, me that wickery time
1: game? did you play the Liverpool semifinal? yeah I played
2: the Liverpool game uh, played about 70 minutes in that that was that was the least ex- not because we got beat I just didn't think we played anywhere near we did in any of the other rounds
1: yeah, but you, you, it was a close game, 2-1. That's not like, it's no disgrace.
2: Yeah, but it's 2-1 without us imposing ourselves on the game. We never had, in any you. football match, in any football match, doesn't matter whether you're the home or the away side. If you're the away side, and even the left side, you'll have a spell in the game where you get a little bit of momentum, even if it's for five minutes or six, five or six minutes. We never got that. We never yeah. got a head of steamer where we got on the front foot. Yeah, And that's probably because of their, their, their ability and how good they were as a team. I mean, if you looked, at, if if you did the research, where now you have analysts in the game and stuff like that, um, we scored a lot of goals from set pieces. Yeah, set pieces, corners, free kicks. We were we worked on those. We were very good at that. Liverpool never gave away. Liverpool
1: give away one free kick around the box. Yeah, I've done the one homework. One free kick. Done their homework. Yeah, um, that, but that's, you know, getting to the semi-final for any player, any level of the FA Cup is it's a brilliant thing to look back on in your career. Um, Wickham fans who I talk to are often sort of uh, talking you know, very respectfully about you and Cobblers fans too. Um, do you, are you, where are you based now? Are you, are you local mean, to Northampton? So, yeah, I'm
2: local to Northampton, not far.
1: Okay, and do you get to go and watch any Cobblers games at all? Or? Yeah, I, I watched, what
2: one did I watch recently? I watched one recently, I was up there with Graham.
1: Oh, so um, you still you, you still go along with uh, Graham Carr and um, yeah, no, that's really good because uh, um, uh, Cobblers fans of, of my vintage uh, uh, who who were there in the nineties really appreciate the, the work that you're putting in those days, and um, it's just been really interesting listening to your you know your your Northampton lads, and you went along to a trial, and you. You know, your are in the deep end, went back into the game later on with Cobblers and went off to a brilliant career. So a lot of great memories for you.
2: Yeah, but it's, it's fantastic memories. But I think part of those memories as well is like, now I look back, you know, I, I went on to um, have a testimonial at the club, which sort of reflected my loyalty to one of the only two clubs I'd played for. And then, you know, I went into youth development as QPR uh academy manager did that for two years I left there I went and worked for Everton as a national scout in recruitment um and then I worked alongside uh, doing a part-time role for Adidas as well another fantastic brand yeah and then after that I went and did the the EPP audits so um
1: is that what you're doing now Are are you
2: no 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 so I did that for I did the audits for two cycles so I Audited you know, like all the Cat One clubs and the the big clubs, and that was fantastic experience. Me, managers, CEOs, club owners. A, a, a real learning curve for me, a real steep learning curve. I loved every minute of that. But I got that's the up. elite
1: player performance plan, isn't it? The yeah, uh, the, yeah, the, the academy degraded. Okay,
2: that's right. And then you know the opportunity came for me to go and work at the FA, which was an absolute dream job come true. So I yeah. was there as the um, PDP talent ID. Um, recruit uh, manager so I worked with the national coaches of the uh 17s 18s and 19s to um, yeah. recruit the players into those squads so I was around a lot of the clubs and the academies and working for England was just great went to some fantastic places and to, to then win two world Cups at, at uh, 18s and 20 and a youth ch- a European championship at 19s was was massive huge being yeah. around that was was brilliant. And being part of English football was, from, from a youth development perspective, was huge. Having That was the way I started the game. So it was massive. I stayed there for two and a half years, three years. Yeah. And then I left there and I did an 18-month stint as head of coaching at MK Dons before leaving there. And I took a six-month sabbatical. And now I'm a lead coordinator of Talent ID at Arsenal. So that's what I do now.
1: Oh, wow. You involved Arsenal. You Did you check out that game where Northampton, uh, I think, were under 19? So we played him in the Youth Cup, uh, Arsenal in the Youth Cup. Did you check that game out?
2: No, no. That was before. I, I've only been there since February.
1: Oh, OK. OK, yeah. Northampton, we put up a good show in our, our lads. Put up a good show against Arsenal. A bit of quality showed in the end uh, with Arsenal. But Cobbers have always got some good lo- lo- local Yeah, they
2: so. have. They have. They've sold too m- too many. Northampton's a talent pool. Tom it's a talent pool and it's a talent pool that from my EPP audit days and my England days the amount of clubs that take players out of Northampton is unbelievable and I've always said if I ever throughout the want of trying I've tried several times to go back to Northampton in youth development roles as as a manager I've tried I've tried so many times that I've never been successful so that dream's over of becoming part of the management team or, or managing Northampton in any way shape or form that that's a dream that's that's gone now and I've let that go. I'm beyond but that's
1: something that you really were really were interested in. Why yeah, it was. Like, big, trying to sort out the youth side of things a bit yeah, more? Yeah.
2: Because I know how much talent there is in Northampton. Yeah. And actually, for me, as a if I was if I was part of recruitment in Northampton, the first thing I'd do is lock it down that we make sure we get the best kids. Because you can't Northampton can't afford to buy kids like the big yeah. clubs. But yeah, there's yeah. enough talent that all those what all the big clubs take out of Northampton, and I'm not talking just the big clubs, MK Dons take kids out of Northampton. That shouldn't happen for me. If, you're, how if you if, if, how do you lock it
1: down? How do you it down there? You build the relationships. You build
2: relationships, relationships, and oh, okay. you, 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 like the youth league, the John Henry League. Make all the managers in that, or create an opportunity for them to be scouts, and actually send your best players in on trial. Blah blah blah. Year in, and you soon get a succession of the best players coming to that club.
1: Ah, oh, so like a bit more interconnectivity between. Yeah, the,
2: you've got to, the thing about it is you can't you can't run an academy at professional club and you have no real strong links with the the youth leagues because then players are going to and grassroots football because that's where your next players are coming from.
1: Yeah, I think that's yeah that's that that makes a lot of sense to me. I sort of follow that. Sort of it's thing, logic. So. It really is. Yeah. yeah. listen, we could we could probably talk or talk all oh, day about like, yeah, players, because... but it's um it's I better wrap up now. But it's been really good talking to you, and um, hopefully see you down at Sixers when the... Football. Start yeah, again. definitely. Um, okay. And keep in touch, and I'll speak to you soon, mate.
2: Yeah. Cheers, Tom. Thank you.
1: Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers,
2: pal. Bye. Hold
0: up.